Hello and welcome back to another episode of That's What People Do. As always, I'm James Kay and joined by Ryan McGowan. How are you today, Ryan? I am a puddle on the floor. I am no longer Ryan McGowan. I'm just a sentient puddle. It's too hot. Yep. In England, we are currently experiencing a heat wave, uh, one that even the Met Office, which is our weather channel people, I don't know the official title, has sent out an amber warning for heat, which is one of the first times they've done so in many, many years because it's just consistently hot. And yeah. it is funking hot. Uh, so, yeah. I feel like we every summer we complain about the heat. We're always recording in some sort of ridiculous temperatures yeah yeah um that's how we know that our birthday's coming up because it starts getting hot and it starts getting unbearably hot and it's like this reminds us of the first time we recorded oh yeah that means our birthday's coming up the first time we recorded was probably the hottest i've ever been that day was hideous it was horrendous and you were wearing jeans yeah i, I was stupid it's just that room was just awful yeah. Really, really, really bad. Yeah, would not recommend. I'm currently sitting here in shorts, so I've learnt. <laughs> I'm sat in my pants. And as it is that hot, um, it must mean it is our birthday. Uh, happy birthday to us. It's two years. Woohoo! Like, um, we can't play the happy birthday song because of copyright reasons, but, you know, you, you've all heard it, so play it in your heads <laughs> right now. Um, happy birthday, us. It's been two years. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Uh, if you've not already, check out just that uh, little information um post that we've got previous to this episode uh, we have a store uh we've been around for two years now and we've got enough listeners uh, and enough people supporting us that we felt the need to put shit on a shirt uh i've been wearing our merch and i absolutely love it james has got a hoodie or has one on the way one of the there other there is a hoodie the, uh, the the white hoodie with like the the logo in the middle oh, i can't wait for winter to be able to wear that it's a bit too warm at the minute but i'm i'm very eager to get that yeah, so um, head over to our merch store, www.twpd.store, where you can find Le Merch. Uh, quick one about the whole price thing. It's like an American company that transfers over to the Europe, but then puts in Great British Pounds, so it's converting like three different currencies. So you'll see one price, you'll click on it, and it'll be a different price. Generally, it'll be cheaper. So if it's Usually cheaper... Usually about £5 cheaper. So. Yeah, go for it. There's no reason not to go for it. But yeah... Happy birthday, us. Two years in the making. We're going to be continuing to do this because we love it. I feel like two years in now, we can't really throw in the towel, can we? Nah, it's like, you know, relationships when you're like, oh, I'm in too deep. Yeah. Yeah, you just kind of stick with it. <laughs> but no, we love it. Every week for... Yeah. Well, near enough every week for the past two years. It's always a joy, unless it's those really horrible episodes. Well... <laughs> I'm glad you brought that up. <laughs> so usually, Ryan's the one that brings you the episodes that makes you want to vomit. And I decided that today, I will be bringing you one of those episodes. <laughs> yeah. And it's really fucked. I'll be it's, on... it's very, very fucked. So I had a message from James the day before we recorded this episode saying, uh, I think this is the fucked up, most fucked up episode I think I've ever found and recorded. And it's like... Oh, I'm I'm so excited for this, and he's like, "Yeah, there needs to be disclaimers and everything." So I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, so we're going to start off with a disclaimer. So the uh, the bloke we're talking about is Oscar Delvanger. Um, well, then we kind of talk about him, but then we also talk about his unit. He was a Nazi. We're back on the Nazis. We took a break, and I consider myself quite well versed in Nazi history. I find it a really interesting part of the world and time, and I had never heard of this guy before until my mum was watching something on the History Channel and I overheard something and thought, what did I just hear? And lo and behold, now we're doing an episode on him. He is a horrendous man and even the SS thought he was horrendous. So you you know that shit's about to go down. So we are going to start off with a trigger warning. Um, there will be multiple trigger warnings throughout the throughout the episode where I'll just let you know sort of what's coming. Uh, it, it, it's fucked. So if you don't like really graphic details of death, rape, and all that sort of stuff, maybe see you next week. Yeah, we do have. But a, other than that, we do have a few people that are like, "Nah, it's too squeamish for me." That. Yeah, this this one is one of the ones that if you are squeamish, genuinely like it's fucked. But I will let if you want to listen to like the kind of the brief history, I will let you know when the the fucked up stuff's about to happen. So you do have the option to to turn off. Yay! Entirely up to you. But if you do like that kind of stuff and you find it interesting, because I think it's I think it's good to like talk about this stuff to so you know what humanity is capable of. So 
let's crack on, shall we? Oscar Delvanger, the man who looks like a fucking rodent. He does, doesn't he? Born on the 26th of September, 1895. Nothing's really known about his childhood or his parents, which sort of leads me to believe he kind of had a relatively normal upbringing. Um, What is known is that he was neither rich nor poor, and he had a peaceful relationship with his father, which often when we talk about bad people, that's very rarely the case, so Mm. kind of interesting. He moved around a bit and found himself in Stuttgart, a little city, uh, little towns outside of Stuttgart, just just chilling in Germany as you do. But what makes Delvanger infamous is what he accomplished during his adult life. He was in charge of the Delvanger Brug words, Delvanger Brigade, smashed it, a band of convicts who went about doing horrific things, and even the SS officials were sickened by them. Which, if you're not familiar with the SS officials, which if you listen to our episodes, you probably will be by now, the people that oversaw the Holocaust and killed millions. So, if they're saying you're doing something wrong, you're probably doing something wrong. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they're pretty hardcore. Oscar Delvanger served in World War One, where he was injured six times. There was nothing outwardly wrong about him. He appeared to be a normal soldier who did everything asked of him and even received the Iron Cross for his services. He was a machine gunner and would often be thrust into battle when things were looking bleak. And then he got out of the war, survived First World War. Well done him. After the First World War, Delvanger became addicted to drugs and alcohol. He became mentally unstable and violent. Some people say it's because of what he saw during the First World War. I mean, it's probably enough to make anyone unstable. Mm. Um, whilst at the same time, he also achieved a doctorate in political science. So, pr- bit of a mixed bag here. Yeah, yeah. He's like, uh, he's a smart bloke, and, and this, this seems to be like the the thing about a lot of. Um, top level nazis a lot of them were very intelligent smart people that had careers and education and all this Mm. sort of stuff and they sort of just went the other way it's really bizarre yeah if only they put all of that effort and energy into nice things they could have actually really progressed germany Mm. yeah after being arrested for a few petty crimes in 1934 he was arrested for raping a 14 year old girl and was sentenced to two years in prison two years just let just let that one sink in. He was sentenced to two years in prison for raping a 14-year-old girl. Wow. And upon his release, he went off to a town and once again got arrested for sexual misconduct towards a minor. However, due to having friends in high places, he was released and sent to fight in the Spanish Civil War. Again, he was deemed to have fought honourably and upon his return was reinstated to his rank of lieutenant and gave his own band of merry criminals. So basically, he was a really shitty Robin Hood. <laughs> so... When Germany went to war, Hitler pardoned a lot of prisoners with minor crimes to join the war effort and bolster his army. I'm sure in the um, Hitler episode we spoke about it, that he would release Nazis that were behind bars and stuff. He just kind of let them all free. Um, but he only started off with the minor criminals, so the, the the thieves, the like people that would assault people. You know, not the, not the horrific ones. Mm. But then as the war went on, he, he obviously got more and more desperate for soldiers and therefore started calling upon people who had committed horrendous crimes like rape, murder, paedophilia, the works. Not only were these ranks filled by convicts, they also had patients from mental institutions. <laughs> oh, right, okay. Just running around, having a good time. It just it was doomed from the start. They would often um, be used for things that the normal army wouldn't do. So, for example, if a battle was being lost, these troops would just charge at the enemy to like buy time. Uh, and they would also be told to walk across minefields in order to clear them. So they were cannon fodder, basically. They were just, they were a suicide squad. These guys were the OG suicide squad. Yeah, and if they refused to do it, they were just shot. Holy shit. Yeah. However, the incentive for them is if they served well and survived, they'd have their convictions overturned and would just be transferred to the normal units. Ah. So there was there was something in it for them. Upon its conception, it was a handful of men. Uh, this is the Dolvanger unit now. Uh, it was a handful of men, including a few poachers, whose job was like actual animal poachers, whose job was to hunt down political rivals and fleeing Jews, to which they did a very good job in the eyes of the Nazi high command. Therefore, his crew began to grow, and at its peak, hit around 4,000 of the most mentally unstable, dangerous men you could find. How? Yeah, they just... It, it's, I, I didn't... I knew that criminals were released in Germany and the Nazis and stuff, but I didn't know to what extent that there were literally units full of them. Well, I knew that in, like, the Allied armies, they'd have, like, um, con men and, you know, uh, safe crackers and all that sort of stuff and be like, listen, do you want a reprieve? You join the army, you help us out on this specific case, all that sort of stuff. You know, you see it in films all the time. I know that shit like that happened as well, but they're not going... 
Uh, Oi, you, man who murdered about five people with a machete, I think you might be good on the front lines. Just, like, mm. running around. Like, they are the inglorious bastards, in a way, aren't they? Like, running around with yeah. a baseball bat as well. Just That's mad. And, like, horrific at the same time. I cannot understand the logic behind it. Oh, I, well, I understand the sort of cannon fodder aspect of it. Being like, you, walk over the minefield. If you get blown up, good, you're a sex yeah. offender. If not, good, I can use you for something else. So we get onto kind of the logic of the Dolvanger unit later on. Hitler was a big fan of them because they did something very well, but we'll we'll get onto that. Oh. So, um, right, okay. First disclaimer, from here, this episode starts getting really fucked up. It contains details of rape, horrific torture, and really vile things, a lot of which uh, include children. So yay. if it's not for you, see you next week. Um I'm just about to list... Okay, so I'm literally about to list some of the things that this unit did. Um, okay. I'll just give a brief intermission for people to turn off if they're in the car or something, trying to find the button. Don't crash and die. Shall I put some elevator music in for about two seconds? That'd be nice. That'd be nice. Oh, give right. people time. If you are still here, I'm assuming you've signed the consent form. You're willing. Let's crack on. So one of the things that the Dolvanger unit did was starve rabid dogs and then release them into a town or village they were occupying and watch them attack civilians. They did this to instill fear into the population, but also because they just really enjoyed watching it. Oh. That one's straight off the bat. You're probably thinking, that's a bit fucked up. Let's go further. Another horrific act that this unit would commit is gather a bunch of young girls, strip them naked, and whip them until near death. When they'd finished whipping them, They'd inve- inject them with a poison called strychnine, which a horrific mm. poison. And then the unit would watch and laugh as these young girls convulsed on the floor and then eventually died. Wow. I mean, al- already I have questions. I, for the most part, I just can't understand why. They were criminals. They were mentally unstable. This is just what gets them off, I guess. But again, like... I don't necessarily understand the point of the unit. Like, what is their main goal? Like, do they not have... I know it's, like, to do stuff that the army necessarily aren't interested in doing, like, you know, clearing a minefield or that kind of stuff. Like, I get that, but in this instance, they're like, oh, go clear out that town, and they're just, what, given free reign to do it as as they will. So we do get onto it later, but I'll briefly go over it now. So the Delvanger unit was never on the front line. They never actually... Well, until a little bit later on, they never actually fought another army. Their job was to go into towns that they'd occupied, mainly in Germany, Poland and Belarus, and just stop uprisings. That was their job. And they took it upon themselves to stop uprisings by being so horrific that everyone was just scared shitless. So they were a bunch of cowards. Sort of. Yeah, I think, but I think this was like their genuine job. They were assigned to do this. I'm not sure that they were assigned to do it like this, but they were told to stay in this town, make sure they don't kick off. Yeah. And then you basically rule by by fear. Yeah, it, it, they've been described as Hitler's rabid dog that they'd just release onto towns and stuff just to keep people in check. Oh, fucking hell. That's awful. Yeah. Hey, Nazi's gonna Nazi. Nazi's gonna Nazi. They would also gather groups of people, put them into buildings and set them on fire, and anyone fleeing the building would be shot. Which I believe in our Vlad the Impaler episode. Did we do Vlad the Impaler? I'm sure we did. He also did the same, where he would just gather all the poor people and all the criminals, put them in a building, and set them on fire. And lo and behold, he solved the poor and crime problem. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, he solved he solved uh, begging, begging like yeah. all, all pe- homeless people. He solved the problem by just killing them all. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's one way to do it. Yeah, it's a very conservative way of doing things. Yeah. So this all happened in between their day-to-day activities of going into a local population where they'd gang-rape women and young girls, rob people, beat them, murder people, the works. And if the above isn't enough for you, this next one might do the trick. They would go into family homes and find young children. They would abuse the young girls and then force the parents to watch as they gutted the children in front of them. Oh. Mm. That's some fucking next-level shit. Like, yeah. I, I knew... The Germans and, you know, we the Allies were known to commit some atrocities over the war and whatever. But that's some, that's some like, I don't know, 
ancient human shit. That's something you'd imagine the Huns doing, you know, like Attila the Hun and mm-hmm. or Genghis Khan and his crew. Like that's something you imagine them doing. Yeah. If you aren't sure what gutting means, these children would be cut open and their innards removed, probably alive. But yeah, like these are also people that they, they grew up in a modern-ish society of the time. Like there's 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 hospitals and schools and cars mm-hmm. and planes and all this kind of shit, and they're behaving like actual animals but then I, I, yeah I, I keep judging them based on normal people i have to keep reminding myself that these are criminals psychopaths yeah. serial killers uh-huh. and uh, those who are uh not right in the head yeah these are the worst of the worst yeah but just making the parents watch as well i i imagine then the parents would be killed afterwards or maybe they just left them to deal with the the fallout of it all i don't know but Mm. truly awful like how fucked up do you have to be to gut a child like we all know the Nazis were bad but this is just something else yeah well you said yourself that even the SS were a bit like eh uh, maybe a bit too strong yeah we get onto that even the SS tried to fight against them (laughs) it's a big thing funny so it's also said that he would capture Jewish women and boil them alive with horse meat in order to make soap what to make soap so obviously back in those days, like I think like horse meat and stuff, you'd make soap like that with like fat, and uh, he would just put Jewish women in there as well. Oh, oh, that's um. Oh, imagine the sight. That's not good. Yeah, the sight, the smell, the scream. Like it's just, you can. I dare say he didn't do any of this when they were dead. I dare say he did all of this when they were still alive. Yeah. What? Well, I know. Obviously, the episode is about Oscar Derwanger, but like. Do we know how much of this he was, like, actually a part of? Or is it just his, like, so, crew and he's just overseeing and doesn't know? This was his unit. He knew. He knew for where he was there and he would laugh with them as it happened and stuff. And he would give these orders. He was very okay with everything they were doing. How much hands-on stuff he did, I don't know. But he he was definitely there, part of it all. That's fucking insane. There, it reminds me there's um a... Uh, a woman who was the wife of an SS officer in a concentration camp during the Second World War. And uh, I think, if I'm right, do you know what, I'll I'll look it up because she may be a future episode. But I'm sure she had, like, furniture and lampshades that was made out of leather. Yeah, the skin. There was, yeah, actual the skin of of, uh, victims. Yeah, I've heard that as well. I'm pretty sure that is a thing. I mean... And I think after the war, she tried to play dumb and play innocent, and they were like, you've literally got skin in your house. Yeah, that's li- this is a literally Ed Gein shit. Yeah. Wow. It's, it's just a horrific time in the world that all this was just allowed to happen. It's crazy. It's... Yeah, but like just so needless, so shit. unnecessary. Like, what's the need to make soap out of a woman? Yeah, pure enjoyment, <laughs> I guess. It's just... Oh, I'm getting my awkward laughs on now. <laughs> <laughs> so this this is the first of two times this is going to happen we're going to take a, just a brief intermission to hear a story about a really brave dog because everyone yeah. could just do with a break because so I know that we got that tweet the other day being like yeah. someone was listening to a fucked up episode and you mentioned rainbows and it really helped them so we're just going to have a brief intermission I think it was our, our Sylvia Likens episode where Sylvia mm. Likens is being absolutely ripped to shit by like Gertrude Banachewski and then it was like, I'd just like to take a second now to remind everyone that rainbows exist. And just, yeah. And rainbows s- do exist. Someone tweeted us um, and was like, I really needed that little break. So, yeah, we all need a break. So, Omar Eduardo Rivera is a blind computer technician who uses a guide dog. On September 11th, 2001, he was working on the 71st floor of the World Trade Center when the plane hit the building above them. His dog Dorado was under the desk as usual. And as the building evacuation began, Rivera smelled the smoke and heard the chaos in the stairwell. He took the Labrador Retriever's leash off so the dog could escape. However, the dog ignored his order to go ahead and escorted his master down 70 flights of stairs. And even though they were separated by the rush of the crowd for a few minutes, the dog found his way back to his owner, continued down the stairs, and they both got out safely. Oh, wow. Yeah, so there you go. Wow. There's a story about a dog. That is the goodest of boys. That is a very good boy. Oh, he needs all the treats. Just a bed of treats. All of the treats. Oh, I like that. Right, so, back to the episode. Hope you all enjoyed that. Back to hell. Uh, this next little bit isn't 
that graphic where everyone can have a bit of a break. So, of course, even the Nazis were disgusted by the actions of the Dolvanger unit. Calls were made for his arrest, and people wanted this unit as fodder on the front line as opposed to overseeing civilians in occupied towns. However, he had friends in high places. He was close friends with a man called Gottlob Berger, who was very close friends with Heinrich Himmler, who we do have an episode on. Go and check it out. Berger pleaded to Himmler after the SS High Court put out a warrant for Dolranger's arrest. So the SS were like, we need to put a stop to this guy. Yeah. Um, however, Berger, in a letter to Himmler, stated, it's better to shoot two poles too many than two too few. A savage country cannot be governed in a decent manner. And obviously Himmler, overseer of the Holocaust, he agreed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, he totally did, didn't he? Yeah, it's like... Yeah, an uncivilised country, whatever, cannot be managed in a civilised way. But it's like, yeah, but you don't have to make people into soap. That's not how you manage it. Yeah. You don't have to think... Yeah, I mean, there's never a need for it. No. I mean, there's no justification at all. This is the justification of a man who would put shit on a wall and write a message. That's It's just stupid. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, just, it's just crazy. All of this is just fucking crazy. I just like the idea that then Himmler has sort of just reply, read the reply and gone, oh, yeah, yeah, I suppose, fair enough. They were all just inhumane, though, weren't they? None of them had a soul. And I'm sure if Himmler found out about the ways that he was killing uh, the Jews, he would probably have been like, great, Well, we've said it before about them. They're all fucking failures, aren't they? They're all fucking bunch of knobheads who just failed at life. They just didn't get on. Yeah, yeah. I always think Nazis are definitely the prefects at school that tried to tell you to tuck your shirt in and you just told them to fuck off. Oh, yeah. And then they just got really angry over time and as they got older, they just take their anger out on people. Mm, yeah, they had a, that just that little glimpse of power, but no one listened to them. And then when they finally get proper power, they're like, I'll show you. You should have tucked your shirt in when I told you. Yeah, and then they took it too far and killed millions of people. <laughs> yeah. But maybe we should have tucked our shirts in. So instead of being sentenced to prison for what he was doing, which, let's be honest, is war crimes, he instead received a promotion. Oh. This is Dolvanger. Oh, yeah. okay. And Hitler was a fan of Dolvangers for a very simple reason. They were very good at stopping uprisings. They instilled a shit ton of fear into people and kept them in check. Basically, as I said earlier, it was Hitler's rabid dog that he kept everyone in line, and they operated mainly in Poland and Belarus. I mean, yeah, the stuff that happened in Poland, Belarus, Ukraine, all that sort of stuff is fucking horrendous. Yeah. So, we get on to the Warsaw Uprising. In short, a little bit of a history lesson now. The Warsaw Uprising on the 1st of August 1944, the Polish underground resistance attempted to liberate Warsaw from German control. They picked this time because they knew the Russians were coming and they wanted to claim the land as their own as opposed to the Soviets claiming it later on. However, after 63 days, the Polish resistance lost and the Nazis were victorious, until obviously the Soviets rocked up and established a communist government there. Mm. But I digress. Yeah. How was the Dolvanger unit involved in this? Well, who better to quell an uprising than a unit who will literally kill and rape children? Oh, no. So, another brief warning here. Um, what's about to be said is, in my opinion, one of the saddest and most horrific things I've ever read, and it kind of made me a bit sick while I was reading it and researching and stuff. Um, so if what was mentioned before made you uneasy, this next bit might be a bit far. But it's important to highlight what these fuckers did so we can be fully aware of what humanity is capable of if the wrong people are given free reign. Mm. So, the unit was unleashed to instill fear into the population. And some of the tactics used would be to burn hospital patients alive, raping and gutting women, and on one occasion, killing an entire preschool without firing a shot. Uh... This was by beating the children to death with the butts of their guns and stabbing them with the bayonets. When the unit turned up at the preschool, they opened the door to find around 500 preschool children facing them, all with their hands up in the air in surrender. Some were shot, but after this, Dolranger ordered that the ammo needs to be saved, and it's reported that blood, guts and brains were seen dripping out of doors and downstairs, all of which were from the children. Wow. Yeah. To go into a preschool, in a way, if they got a machine gun and just gunned all these kids down, it's obviously still completely inexcusable and evil, but there is a, that level of disconnection because you're just like, your finger's just pulling a trigger. Mm. Whereas to actually stab a child individually and beat them with the butt of your gun, 
that takes so much thought to do it over and over again. Mm. Yeah. It, it's something completely different. I can't... I, I, I'm... I've got no words. I, I don't really know what you can say. I, mean, I know when we spoke about Mengele and other Nazis and stuff, we've said that obviously the Einsatzgruppen and stuff were... um obviously heavily on drugs some of them had like mental issues because of what they'd done and what they'd seen mm. but these guys just did it yeah yeah and they could walk away from it and be okay yeah well yeah like, as you said like and i said so again, this is going to sound really bad this is going to sound awful and i apologize if i offend you by saying so but like with mengala at least he thought he was doing some sort of fucked up science like he thought he was doing something relatively useful that that was his justification, yeah. Like, as you mentioned, the Einsatzgruppen were, like, heavily drugged and had to be heavily drugged the entire time that they were doing the shit they did because they, I think, I think um, the longest they would last is, like, six months before they end up either shooting themselves or going fucking mad. Um, and mm. then they'd end up leaving. These guys, the Delvangers, are just doing it for fun and they don't have to have a break. This is fun. Yeah, they're literally having the time of their lives. Wow. But just a preschool. I'm thinking preschool must be, what, ages five and below? Yeah. And all of them just sitting there with their hands up in the air and surrender. It's just it's just really sad. Just really, really sad. Because these kids had nothing to do with the mm. war. Yeah, they're just going to school, aren't they? But yeah. The world is going on around them. Oh, that's awful. That is terribly, terribly awful. Also during the uprising, the unit found themselves going into hospitals where they would beat the wounded to death and laugh. The nurses would be stripped naked and forced to walk through the city to a spot where they would be hanged. On one occasion, whilst waiting for a nurse to be hanged, Delranga lost his patience and did it himself, kicking the bricks from underneath her whilst declaring that it was all taking too long. So yeah, he was part mm. of it. Mm. Alongside this, women would be hung from balconies and babies would be impaled on bayonets and hung out of windows. Oh. Mm. Imagine walking down the street and just seeing like babies on what is essentially knives, long knives, sticking out of windows and just, like, bodies hanging. You said it um, perfectly. Like, it is like walking through hell. It is mm. what you imagine hell to look like. You know, you walk through, you go past the school and it's just every child in there is just a, a, a puddle of guts and brains. You walk down a street and it's just babies mm-hmm. hanging from windows, nurses and naked hanging in the street. That's awful. That is literally a vision of hell. Yeah, it, I, I, again, I'm just. I, this might be a pretty quick episode because usually we discuss things after like paragraphs and stuff. But there's just not really much to discuss. No, there really isn't. Like, I think we're all we're all just unanimously agreed that this is fucked. But like, as as um as you said, Hitler is aware of the group and is aware of some of the stuff that they do, and he knows their job. And he's like, okay with that. Like he's like, okay, yeah, yeah, fair enough. Like it. It's like, damn the consequences. I don't want to know how you do it. Just do it. Do you know what I mean? It seems to be maybe, maybe there's a yeah. bit of that. Ah, uh, oh, really? Yeah. You know, you know, like pop pop culture from World War Two onwards, like with Star Wars, um, uh, uh Darth Vader and the uh, the stormtroopers are all like especially modelled on the Nazis, uh-huh. and you know, if, if you go further, like all villains are always like dressed in Nazi outfits and whatever. They really are the bad guys yeah. of human history. Like there is no one worse than them, arguably. No, they were the apps. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, they were like the pinnacle, weren't they? I'm sure there's other people that would disagree and say there's such and such. And there's been people like this all throughout history, just under different yeah. flags. Maybe I should then reword it and say that the Nazis are the archetypal bad guy in history. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And they're probably the most renowned as well because even though this was what? It wasn't even 100 years ago. It, it's modern it history. It is, yeah. There are literally people alive today that were around then. Yeah. And it's just... I feel like if it was possible then, it's very possible now. Oh, yeah. But it's... Yeah, so like... We've got smartphones today. We've got cars, electric cars. We've got people going to space. That kind of attitude. Back in the 30s, they were saying... We've got wirelesses. Like we've, we, can, I can literally listen to the Queen do her speech on Christmas Day or the King at the time. Sorry, uh, you know, like, we've got cars that can go this fast. We've got aeroplanes that do this. We, they, we are the pinnacle of future. We are the technology. We are the modern world. 
And then over in Poland, there are people having, like, there are ch- children having their stomachs sliced open in front of their parents. And there are being, there are, like, children mm-hmm. being abused in god awful ways. And you think, yeah, we're not that smart. Like, there's, there's a significant proportion of humans that just ain't quite there yet. No, no matter how techno- technologically advanced we become, as long if our humanity doesn't keep up with it, what's the point? Yeah. Ah, oh, you don't even see animals doing that. No, no. We are the only species that are capable of this. If animals kill each other, it's usually because of like hierarchical things or uh, food, whatever. It's, it's very rarely for sport. Yeah. yeah. Jeff Jeff Bezos is wanting to like send. He literally went to space the other day. He wants to put tourists in space. And yet humans are fucking stupid, like kill each other and all shit. It's, it's that whole thing where like there's the yeah. idea of like aliens looking down on humans as if it was a soap opera and being like, oh, do you think they're ready, you know, to come to space and join the Galactic Senate? And they're like, nah, they're still sort of arguing amongst themselves and killing each other. And it's like, okay, we'll, we'll come back in 100 years, see how they get on. Yeah, I don't blame them. Right. Don't come here. We're fucked. But I just, I, I've spent a lot of time researching Nazi Germany and like the Holocaust and all stuff. It's just a period of history I find really interesting. And I'd never heard about this. And I'm just really shocked of how this could go so under the radar. Yeah. Like, we all know that what happened in the Holocaust was horrific. And and no one's taken anything away from that. But this just, I don't know, this just seems to add like a another layer to mm. everything. Yeah, well, no, no, you're, you're absolutely right. It's one of those that we all know about the Holocaust, I wasn't aware of this stuff, the Delvanger group, I wasn't aware of it. Like, why is that not being put up there alongside crimes such as the Holocaust and say, look, they were the fucking worst of the worst. And then it'd be like, well, you can deny the Holocaust all you like, but then we've got all these other fucking horrific crimes that they did as well. You can deny those as well. Yeah. People that deny the Holocaust are fucking idiots. So... Uh, we're going to have our final short interval for a story also from World War II. However, we've mentioned the lack of humanity. We are now going to get on to how humanity can remain in war. So right after World War II, Germany became a divided country, obviously. The Soviet Union was in control in the east, and civilians in West um, in West Berlin were starving to death because of just how it worked, Berlin Wall, all that kind of jazz. So... The US Air Force put on an operation in an attempt to bring food and supplies to West Berlin. And in 1948, a a pilot named Gail Halverson was flying the aircraft that was in charge of dropping necessities like food and coal. He noticed a group of German children were watching him through a fence at the end of the airfield, so he said hello. He was touched to see how generous the kids were with one another, and they inspired him to start dropping packages filled with candy from tiny parachutes. As he flew over, he would wiggle the plane back and forth so the children knew when the candy was coming. This earned him the name as Uncle Wiggly Wings. Chocolate wasn't going to solve the country's issues, but witnesses say that it brought much-needed hope to children to let them know the world hadn't forgotten them. Aww. So that's nice, the Allies helping out the German kids. Because again, obviously Germany, generally speaking, was our enemy for a large portion of the early uh, 20th century. But... It doesn't mean you have to hate on the kids. They don't know what's going on. That's what I mean. I mean, for the majority of a population, in fact, some of them don't have any sort of opinion on the matter. Some of them aren't even interested in the war. It'd be like today going. So if we went to war uh, with a particular nation, be it whatever, there'll be people out there that are not interested in it. It's not. It doesn't represent them. It's not for them. So they have nothing to do with it. Particularly the kids. Kids ain't got jack shit to do with it i don't know what's going on leave them alone yeah which should have been said to the dovanger unit but here we are i mean shouldn't even have to be said but yeah yeah war is fucked so that was our last break hope everyone is doing okay back to it let's go on to some statistics how many did the unit kill during the war well, obviously, they didn't keep track because they'd kill people without thinking and just leave their mangled corpses behind and move on to the next. However, the estimates range from around 30,000 to 120,000 civilians in Belarus and around 50,000 in Poland. Damn. Bearing in mind, this unit's job was to oversee civilian populations. They weren't on the front line fighting armies. Mm. Like These numbers are civilian numbers. And children. Yeah. The unit themselves lost around 90 or so men, 
mostly to friendly fire or drug and alcohol addictions. So they were taking themselves out at the same time. Really? Yeah, they were fucking mental cases, weren't they? So I'm sure if like arguments happen between them, they're murderers, they wouldn't hesitate in killing each other. It's so bizarre. It's really bizarre. Yeah, it's a... Uh... I don't really understand it, but it did the job that Hitler wanted it to do. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah, like you said, I'm sorry for everyone where it's just James and I going, uh, yeah, because they're really, I don't know what more you can add to it. No, there's just, there's there's literally no discussion to be had because it's, it happened and it's fucked up and I don't think there's another side to that. Like if you're sitting here going, yeah, but like you need to address yourself. There isn't a but here. Yeah, yeah, there is no but. There is no discussion. This happened. We'd like to tell you that it happened. And we'd also like to mention these people are all pieces of shit. There is no debate. I think that the, the conversation that can stem out of this episode is, is it capable of happening again? Like, have we really gained humanity since then? I don't know, because obviously in the um, UK at the minute, we have this whole obviously our government me and Ryan are universe like unanimous on their fucking assholes but they they're passing laws and such that you can't help um people migrate to this country even if it's an asylum seeker so basically if a a, a boat or like a dinghy say of refugees fleeing war is coming over the english channel and the boat starts sinking and they start drowning we are now legally not allowed to save them from drowning and take them to shore because then we'll face life imprisonment for helping people get to this country. Where is the humanity? <laughs> that That is a law that got passed a week or two ago in this country. It's fucked. So the RNLI, which is a great um, volunteer-based rescue, uh, I don't want to say company team in the UK, they uh, like patrol our shores, make sure everyone's safe. If they rescue refugees, they would be arrested. Mm-hmm. Which is just fucked. It's so fucked, especially because our what's her title? Pretty Patel, Home, Home Secretary. Is that the one? Yeah. Uh, like her parents emigrated here, and based under the laws that she has now instilled on this country, her parents would not be allowed into this country. It, it's just this whole like pulling the ladder up behind yourself attitude. Mm. It just it doesn't make any sense to me. And obviously, we've got all like our prime minister's comments about COVID coming out because WhatsApp chats have been leaked and stuff. And he's just had no regard for anybody. It's obviously it's not on the level as the Dolranger unit, but there's still a massive lack of humanity. And I believe that if if there was a government in this country that was like the Nazis, it would give a lot of people free reign to do shit like this. Yeah. Well, it's time to move to Scandinavia, isn't it, James? It's time to fuck off somewhere. I just want to, I literally just want to fuck off somewhere. Like, I cannot tell you how much I detest this country. It is vile. You know what, James? If you don't like it, you should fuck off to another country. I can't because people vote Brexit, so now I literally can't. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Believe me, I want to, but I don't know. I'm going to Scotland for three weeks at the end of August, and Scotland seems to have their shit more together than we do, so I'll enjoy my time there. The only time I give a shit about England is when they're playing football. Yeah, well, we don't talk about that at the moment. No, not gotten over that yet? No, no, I definitely haven't, no. Oh, fair. I'm kind of at peace with it now. I've moved on. <laughs> no, I, 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 I'm I, all for eating the pizzas. I'm all for that. I don't even, I'm not, I'm not uh, equating one to the other. And at the moment, I'm just sort of not interested in football. <laughs> not interested yet. Fair enough. So, let's get back onto the episode. Are we ready for a bit of comeuppance? Yes. As the war drew to a close, the unit finally faced off against an army. And as they were stationed in Eastern Europe, any guesses to who they had to fight? Oh, possibly one of the hardest fucking military forces in the Second World War, the Russians. Yeah, the Soviets rolled on in and naturally the Red Army was not too pleased with the Dolranger unit and saw to it that they were completely wiped out down to a couple of hundred survivors. Fucking hell. But Oscar himself? Well, like many high-ranking Nazis... He ran away with his tail between his legs. He ditched his uniform and donned civilian clothes, much like Mengele did. I feel like this was a common thing. They all just fucking pegged it. Yeah. However, in a moment of beautiful karma, a Jewish survivor from a concentration camp recognised him and pointed him out to the French army, who then arrested nice. him. Nice. So what goes around comes around. 
and he died around a week later from his arrest on the June 1st, 1945. And on the documents, he died from wounds he sustained prior to his arrest. However, it's kind of largely believed that this is a cover-up, as he was put in prison with Polish guards who knew exactly who he was and what he'd done in their country. And these Polish guards, I'm sure, made his last week on earth very slow and very painful until he eventually died from his continuous beatings they were giving him. But, like, nothing will ever make up for what he did, but knowing he spent his final week alive being tortured kind of sits okay with oh, me. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. He was beaten to fuck by everyone that walked past. Yeah. Um. There are some other theories that he wasn't beaten at all. Some people believe he just died in prison. Nah. Uh, others believe that he even escaped prison and that there were sightings of him after the war. And these rumours picked up so much traction that the Polish government still had him on their most wanted list for what he did in their country. However, the French army was completely adamant that they'd buried him. So in 1960, they put everything to bed. They went back to his grave, dug him up, did an autopsy and confirmed it was him. Good. 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 So, yeah. Oh. He got his. Obviously, he his him dying does not make up for the atrocities that him and his unit accomplished but it's, it's it's just words on a page and just words me saying out loud like gutting children killing preschools and stuff i can just say that and just move on but if you actually take the time to consider that he actually gutted children and killed an entire preschool and raped women and made them convolt all this awful stuff it, it it's uh it's something that you well it, it's one of those that you can only imagine like that's something that like the 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 best horror novelist would write and you'd go that doesn't happen that that's not something that would happen you'd you'd sit there and go i don't think you're overdoing it a little bit gutting children in front of the families you think you're overdoing it and it's like no this shit actually has happened yeah humanity is capable of this it's again I, I just don't know what to add that is the end of my notes like this was one of the longest episodes I've ever written and I think because of how grotesque and vile it was it, we've also blasted through it very quickly because because there's nothing to add there's just nothing yeah. to say as we've said so many times there's literally nothing to say it's just horrible you know um, one thing I have noticed uh, happen quite often as you mentioned quite a few top Nazi officials would don civilian clothing and run away um, a lot of Nazis also closed the concentration camps, tried to bomb them, uh, destroy them, burn. Yeah, cover up what they did. Yeah, cover up what they did. Uh, destroy documents, left, right, center, blah, blah, blah. You, now, the thing is, you don't need to do something like that when you know you've done something wrong. So mm-hmm. this is the thing that I don't get. They're they're, sit, they're they're doing all these things. They know what they're doing is wrong. They have to know that what they're doing is wrong because when the war was going badly for them and they knew they were going to lose, they tried to destroy their own evidence to prove that they didn't do it. So it's not like... um, uh, They knew what they were doing is wrong and they knew that what would happen is if they got caught, they're fucked. Um, That's the bit that is baffling me. We're like, there's this whole, like, with Dolvanger... Like oh maybe he's just a got, he's a fruit loop or he's got a screw loose and he's you know just that they have like no this, these guys a lot of them are very very acutely aware of what they're doing and how bad it is and I think that is what I makes think... it worse is they know exactly what they're doing oh yeah they I think because if they surrendered as normal soldiers they would eventually be set free because the wars ended and that's that. But they knew that if they were part of the Holocaust, they were then war criminals and would be killed as such, even after the war is finished. Mm. So I, I, a level of fear definitely came in. But then, obviously, to know that you are then a war criminal, you are fully aware that you have committed war crimes. Mm. Yeah, and then what's scary is that there are some uh, officers and soldiers who committed some horrific crimes and... Yeah, after the war, would go back to just you know being a policeman in their local yeah. town, and they just were. I mean, it's like Mengler, isn't it? He literally went back to being a doctor for a little bit. Yeah, it's like how do you do that? It's so bizarre. How do you do that? Not, you know, no nightmares for the rest of your life. No, like killing yourself after six months or something because you can't deal with what you did. 
None of that. No. Yeah, just move on. Just no, just move on. It's I think it was I think it was the Soviets that they'd go into towns and they'd ask the civilians of the town, the German civilians like, did you know what was going on here? And they'd all say, no, no, we had no idea, even though they blatantly knew exactly what was going on. So they would make them go to the concentration camps and help clear the bodies and stuff. Mm. Yeah, no, I've seen that. There's, just um, a sort of like a you were you even though you weren't part of this, you were complicit. Yeah, there's the amazing HBO series Band of Brothers, uh, and in the the dying end episodes of the series, I think might think specifically might be episode nine. Uh, they go to a town where there is a concentration camp uh, nearby. And they're in the town, and it starts to snow. And the soldier's like, oh, cool, it's snowing. And they're like, it's not snow. It's ash from the crematoriums. Mm. And it's just like, you can imagine that actually happening. Well, that was what they said at Auschwitz, wasn't it? When the prisoners arrived, they were told the only way they'd ever get out was through the chimney. We speak about the Holocaust a lot, and there's just there's, there's no justification. There's nothing for it. It's just pure pure hatred and evil and it was allowed to happen and which is why i'm a firm believer that everyone should go and visit a concentration camp i've been to auschwitz and stuff and all the tour guards tour guard tour guides say everyone needs to come and see it Mm. just so it can never ever happen again and anyone that denies the holocaust go and fucking see it like i've stood in a gas chamber and i can i've seen nail marks on walls and it's just like Putting your hand over those nail marks is me. I was 16 at the time. I was like standing there on a school trip, just like being like, okay, well, I'm doing this and then I'm going to go get pizza afterwards. Like my, my life's going to carry on. But someone here was clawing at the wall and that was their last moment on earth. Yeah. And one thing, slight change of subject, one thing that baffles me about Auschwitz is right opposite Auschwitz is literally a pizza place. Is it really? Yeah, you can go and just get pizza. People have their daily commute past Auschwitz. Huh. That's that's interesting. It. it it's it's fucking it's bizarre. No birds fly over the top of it though, and it's like you know when you go to places and there's just there's a there's a feeling there's a vibe. Mm. It just it feels like, for want of a better word, it just feels dead. It feels like there is no life there. Yeah. Apart from what there was one rose growing out of a train trap, which I thought was quite nice. Yeah, it is somewhere I'd like to visit. I'd highly recommend it, and even then, like do that as a like a day excursion, whatever. Because there's two camps: there's the main like um, like the work camp and stuff where they'd work and stuff, and then there's the like the death camp further down the road. So you'd kind of do Auschwitz Birkenau, Auschwitz one and mm. two, but do that as a day excursion, and then the rest of the time enjoy Poland. It's a bloody beautiful country. Highly recommend. It. Yeah, oh, it's it's on it's on the list of Krakow places. Krakow is absolutely beautiful. Yeah, Schindler's Factory. I was a bit disappointed with Schindler's Factory. I, I wasn't what I expected. Okay. It's just a museum. I mean, it's cool. It's really interesting, but I wanted to see, like, the factory, but it's it's just a museum now. Mm. Um, so, next time, dear listener, you're on the toilet having a shit, uh, call it Dolvanger. Because he was a piece of shit. That's what I might refer to it now anymore. I'm just going to go for a Dolvanger. Yeah, absolute piece of shit. Right. That's all I've got, I'm afraid. I'm all I'm all Nazi'd out for the day. Yeah, I don't think we'll have a Nazi one for about a month or so now because it no, always gets heavy. Cuts. Always gets heavy when we talk about the Nazis. Yeah. But that's what people do. <laughs> that is unfortunately what people do. Yeah. People become Nazis. People are still Nazis nowadays. Grow up. That's what I mean. That's the that's the bit in it. It's like listen to an episode such as this or like go watch some documentaries on what the Nazis did and what they believed and all this shit and then tell me you're still a Nazi and I guarantee half of them haven't got a clue about the actual history itself they're just twats that have not got an education yeah they're just twats that for some reason have been brought up to hate Jewish people yeah like why yeah because you believe that Jewish people own the world banks no like it's just not the case. You're just you're a fucking idiot. Fucking I idiot. own it. Anyway, it's me. Anyway, um, yeah. Thank you very much for listening to this fucking awful episode. Thanks, James. Um, <laughs> no worries. Um, thank you very much for listening. Uh, next week we're going to be talking about the amazing James Randi, a man who debunked magicians and uh, mediums and all the like. It's going to be an interesting one for sure. I'm really looking forward to that, talking about some magicians, talking about some ghosts and stuff. That's yeah. really cool. Yeah, we've got um, some 
you know, as always with me, there is some religious debate as well, potentially, uh, for next week's episode. So, yes, look forward to that. Uh, Make sure you rate, review us on iTunes and anything else you do. uh, Follow us on. Um, Make sure you head to the store, pick up some merch, grab yourself a T-shirt. If you want to have a T-shirt, well, if you pick up a T-shirt, make sure you take a picture of yourself in the T-shirt and tag us in it because I want to see you in our merch. I want to see how good it looks on you. Um, and you can do that by finding it on www.twpd.store or just go to the link in all of our socials. Um, yeah. Oh, um, just a quick note. We have changed distributors uh, for the podcast uh, within the last week. So if uh, there is a particular app that you would normally listen to us on and it maybe isn't appearing on there or it's appearing later than it may normally would have... Um, that may be the issue why uh, it will take a little while for us to get back to normal uh, since we've changed our distributors. But uh, because of that, um, we're able to do other things with the show going forward uh, uh, in a way to try and basically make this our jobs um, with some ads. So you may see some ads popping up uh, at the beginning and the end of the episodes in the near future. Um, so just be aware of that and um, yeah, be, be patient with us. Uh, this is a small little business for us and we would like to make this our jobs and we can only do so uh, by getting some advertisement coming in at some point. And as it's our second birthday, we thought, what better time to do it than now? So yes, um, that's everything. Thank you very much for listening. Join us on the next one. We'll see you then. ta